This is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Tonight we have Allie Crenshaw here with us. This is such an interesting topic and I'm so excited to learn more about the children's publishing industry. Allie has a new book coming out next month. Allie, do you want to give us a little summary about your book? Book coming out. It's called Frogs Don't Need Floaties. As a parent of a child in kindergarten, um, I feel very strongly about kids not needing to wear masks all day at school. And I'm very upset that this is happening in so many places around the country when it's really not backed by science and it ha it does a lot of harm to the kids emotionally, psychologically. Um, even physically, because it's hard for them to breathe and they get dizzy. So I want to create a book that addresses this, but from kind of a more child-friendly perspective that isn't explicitly political, isn't explicitly about masks. So Frogs Don't Need Floaties is about a little frog who goes to school and he has a really paranoid school nurse who's obsessed with keeping them safe, and she asks the students to all wear floaties so that they don't fall into the ponds and he's like well you know frogs know how to swim i don't think that would happen and she's like oh better safe than sorry and uh, once all the kids go along with this it escalates they end up having to wear snorkels and um the theme of the book is rules that make no sense are not good rules at all so that mantra is repeated a few times his mom, and in the end, he has to come up with a clever way to teach the nurse that we we take risks every day, but the risks taking um, it has to make sense, and we have to be enjoying life and not letting our fear overtake us. So that's what the book's about. It's turned out really cute. I'm happy with the illustrations, and I'm excited to get it out there. Yeah, that is so exciting. I love that idea. I feel like it is such a clever twist on the reality of what we're facing today. I mean, especially something that kids can grasp, like they can read this book and they know that it doesn't make sense for a frog to obviously wear a floaty. So I think that is like so clever. What have you like told your friends and family about this book? My, I have a few close friends who know about the book and then my family does know about the book. Um, I'm not publishing my, I'm using a pseudonym because I am a published author and um, just with different contract agreements and and things, which I hopefully will be talking about, the environment of the publishing community, I cannot use my real name. Yeah. Wow. How, how does your, does your family and friends support you in this book? They do, yeah. They're excited to get it. Um. I mean, it's just kind of like a fun project for me, and they, they all agree with me about the meaning behind the book, so they've been good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the the children's publishing industry. I mean, I, like, I know you said that you're publishing under a pseudonym, so why is, why is that? Well, first of all, oh my goodness, where to begin? I think I'm going to start with just the environment of the publishing industry. So when I entered the writing community, it's a very close-knit community on Twitter, Instagram, um, there's Bookstagram, there's Facebook groups, and it's a very involved community. People, um, they're all friends with each other, and especially published authors are usually in debut groups, etc., etc. So... It is a very uh, suppressing environment for those who lean more conservative and 
you cannot be openly conservative in the environment, um, or you will get completely canceled. And when I joined the community, I noticed a few things. I noticed that the loudest and the angriest people got the most attention. Um, the agents, the literary agents, was everyone was always searching for a literary agent to get published. Um, they're all very openly leftist, um, looking for books that have woke topics, looking for books about um, transgenderism, even in middle grade or children's literature, looking for books about um, racial issues, pushing critical race theory, that kind of thing. Um, and so it's a very incentivized to, to be loud and to be... Um, extremely woke <laughs> so yeah I, I wanted to just talk about a few instances that kind of opened my eyes um i'm going to talk about an agent who got canceled an author that got canceled and a bookstagrammer who got canceled that like wow immediately and i saw i mean i'm just picking out a few stories i've seen this happen dozens and dozens and dozens of times um so i could talk a lot like and there was an agent, um, this was over the Danny BLM riots, and for me, let's see, I pulled up an article about it, because this was, like, not a secret, everybody knows about it. Um, you know, I'll share a couple. So, there was an agent that I had been following on Twitter, and she had a tweet saying, make your point, take a stand, and don't hurt other people or damage property in the process. No violence is acceptable ever. The point is to be heard and soon to help make things better. Alright, so you hear that. That's pretty common sentiment, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you would think. <laughs> yeah, she ended up getting fired. Um, wow. Well, all her agent. well, let's see what happened. It said all her agents ended up, from her agency, ended up leaving, um, I think there's some lawsuit going on with it right now. It turned into a huge issue. So there was that. There was another agent who got fired for having a parlor account because, you know, we all know parlor is only for parlor. Oh my gosh. For even having an account? She on, they, It came out that she had a parlor and she got fired. Wow. Her name is, um, oh my goodness, I don't have her name up, but I'm sure if you just Googled agent fired for having parlor, you would see. And then there was... John Frederick of Red Sofa Literary, she tweeted, The gas station at the end of my block is officially getting looted. Calling the police right now to let them know. Someone will need to board this up. Saw multiple carloads of folks running out in quite a few cars. Okay. You wouldn't think that was a problem either, right? She ended up getting yeah. as well. <laughs> so, oh my gosh yeah that's the thing that people don't notice is they think that you get fired they think that you get cancelled for having these extreme like maybe you tweet something that's very inflammatory but it's little tiny things like the very um, suggestion that you might go against the grain just a teeny bit and will cancel you so I've seen books get cancelled um, this bookstagrammer who, her name is J.M. Buckley she is has quite a few followers on Twitter and she was pretty big in the bookstagram world I'm talking like tens of thousands of followers and during this slew of, which is often common of book cancellations where people say oh this book is terrible everyone go give it a one star review on Goodreads let's trash this author um, 
she's she made a video saying you know what you just don't pay attention to what everyone says about different authors we read for enjoyment just read what you want is essentially what she said and she was an aspiring well i think she was an author yeah she's an author and she's also a bookstagrammer and um i haven't read her books but i've been meaning to get them they look really interesting she's ya fantasy and they trash her so i actually sent her a little email and asked if she would want to like say what happened from her perspective and she just gave a few sentences um she said long story short I got canceled for encouraging others to read and write what they want to read and write without fear of persecution. And that really is as far as it went. I saw her original statement and it was very just bland, you know, just what everyone would you would think agree with. She says, I was defamed, sent death threats, had donations made to transgender organizations in my name, slandered. The online mob left tons of fake one-star reviews. They even bought me fake Instagram followers, then lied about it and reported me to Instagram. So she ended up getting seriously shadow banned on Instagram because of that. Wow. Spread more lies than I can count. Uh, what did I learn? You can either hide behind people, uh, a people-pleasing mask, or stand up for the truth. The first will give you temporary success. The latter will give you everlasting glory. You can quote me on that. <laughs> so, wow, that is intense. Yeah. Like for just encouraging people to mm-hmm. for, to think and like encourage the freedom of thought, that she gets canceled for that. Yes, yeah, and wow. she, she's really awesome. So if you ever follow J M Buckley on Instagram, she doesn't hide who she is anymore, but. It is probably going to make it very difficult for her to find, um, you know, a traditional publisher, which is what everyone in the community was hoping for. So, but yeah, we expect her a lot. I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. I feel like I should. <laughs> you do like this little more, but I just have so much to say. It like flows out of me. Yeah, no, honestly, I appreciate it because I did not recognize that there was this huge issue going on in the publishing industry. Like, this is huge. The fact that you can't even have a thought and post about it, even though it's not harming anyone, you can't even have a thought anymore if it doesn't fit the narrative. That's crazy. I just, honestly, I can't even believe that. I... And I know, like, people have, like, jobs and stuff, and you have to, like, protect your job and be careful about what you say. But, like, these people aren't even saying anything harmful or, like, anything political at this point. And it's just them speaking up for, for freedom and, like, thinking. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because when I joined Twitter under the pseudonym, which wasn't too long ago, I posted about my experience, and I actually connected with several other is authors who have their own, not several, maybe like three or four, who have their own alternate Twitter accounts. And they're like, I'm also uh, in the writing community. This is my account where I can kind of say what I want. And I met this one aspiring author who, she had an agent, which is a big deal. It's hard to get an agent. And they were shopping around her book. It's like, like getting an agent is like one in thousand shots it's, it's really hard and it takes a lot of work to get to that point and she posted something on her facebook about um about the masking and she said like how do you think the holocaust started or something like that and of course that is the ultimate sin like you do not invoke the holocaust at all like that is they will call you anti-semitic um and so the people in the facebook group of the kid lit writers screenshotted it and made a big stink about it, and her agent ended up dropping her. 
So now she doesn't have an agent anymore, which is a huge to your professional career. So there are true consequences um, for these sorts of things. Wow. And they're, and they're big consequences. Like these are people's livelihoods. Do, do they have any like publishing agencies that are conservative or that do fall on the right? Not fiction. Um, I know that they do have publishing agencies that are specifically for conservative authors, like that write nonfiction, like political figures, for example. So yeah. um, I think it's Regency. Oh man, what is it? Like I know Alex Benson has written books under one of the imprints, wow. but but the imprints are not for um, for fiction. For children's fiction, it's totally woke. Like um, wow. actually, a published author. I have a couple of books out with uh, one of the big five. I probably shouldn't say who it is just because I am trying to keep a low pro- profile, but um, they really nitpick everything that you write. Um, a lot of things you can't. You can't say you can't write a character. Um, your main character has to be your same ethnicity, um, which is, I think, a little stifling. And, you know, just it's. They, they really nitpick every little thing. So it feels a little stifling to your creative energy as an author. Oh, definitely. That sounds, I mean, it sounds extremely difficult. So in the children's book industry, do you think that they are like potentially grooming children and like adding these things that are slowly sexualizing children in the books? I do. I don't know if they realize what they're doing. So I wouldn't say that the publishers are sitting behind their desks saying, oh, we're going to like turn these children into sexual creatures. But I think that they've been fed the idea for so long um, by, I don't even know who, the Democrat Party, the top of the Democrat Party, that um, kid, all kid, it has to be like sex positive. That's a big thing. We need to write sex positive young adult literature. We have to portray sex in a healthy, positive way. And really it's encouraging, you know, teens to explore their sexuality, explore sexual experiences, which is not a good message, but it, you can't say that. And so they're really looking for that sort of thing. And then even for the youngest um, ages, they're sneaking in a lot of messaging. So I would buy, you know, middle grade and chapter books and things just to kind of see what else was out there so I could model my writing after it. And I noticed that a lot of these books, they had very divisive messaging. They had a lot of really exaggerated racist in some in some instances um to kind of play up the racism you know which i think there definitely is racism but they're so focused on this identitarian um worldview when your your gender identity or your racial identity is the most important thing about you and you and like there's oppressors and oppressies and um and they always have like the gender bond binary and non-binary characters snuck in um another thing i noticed a lot of is there's a trope where the religious characters are hypocrites or they're they're bad in some way so just all this subtle messaging that you might not pick up when you hand your child a book yeah how do you think that these the parents um do they speak up against these kind of books that are that kids are able to read in the school system 
There have been instances of it. Um, every now and then I'll see an author complaining that their book was banned in a certain school district and everyone rallies around them. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I always kind of think, well, good for his parents. I'm glad that a lot are starting to wake up to it and, um, you know, maybe pre-read the books that are assigned in their children's classrooms. I think that's important more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like that is so hard, especially when you are a parent, you're sending your kid to school, you don't know what they're learning, what books they have access to, especially if they are putting these kinds of things in books. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I have children because I, I don't know if I even want them to have social media now. It just seems like everything is so sexualized and it is just like something that children don't need to be exposed to. It's so scary that this is the, the direction that we're headed. Right, yeah, and I think definitely social media, you know, TikTok, there's a lot yeah. of bad messages that kids absorb from that, aside from simply just body image issues, so I'm definitely going to try to keep my kids from social media until, I don't know, <laughs> see, as, as long as I can put it off. I won't be yeah. 18, but probably 16, because I'd like them to have a couple years under my yeah and I mean like when I was younger I'm like mom I want a phone and they were my parents like just did not want me to have a phone and I always thought everyone else was so cool because like they were able to like have a phone and have like social media and I mean I eventually my parents like caved in and let me get a phone and let me have social media but it took a it took a while but now I completely understand like the parent side of things like they're just trying to protect you from this world that they can't control. Like you just, I mean, from school to social media and social media, kids have access to everything with the tap of a button. So it is really scary. Um, and I mean, like, especially in these books, if kids are starting to see these indicators early of sexualizing them, if they are able to read it at an early age, it's just normalizing it. The older they get, the more normal it's gonna be. Yeah. So do you, do you think that, like, what is the agenda behind the, the woke movement in the children's literature, do you think? I think they definitely see that the children are impressionable, and their view is that if the parents are going to be, you know, bigoted, racist, whatever, um, that they can at least capture the children and change the world view of the children, so... A lot of English yeah. teachers take it upon themselves to indoctrinate the children, um, you know, against what the parent might want them to learn. So that's why I'm a big proponent of finding a charter school that aligns with your values, knowing who your children's teachers are, and going and looking at the classroom, seeing what books they have on their shelves, what posters they have on their walls. Like, you can tell a lot about the world of a teacher that way. Um, I love homeschooling um, as a concept. I know it does not work for everybody, but there are options out there for parents to kind of protect their children. And my goal in life, what I really, really want to achieve is um, writing, just filling the world with tons of children's books that promote good conservative values and not necessarily explicitly, but having, you know, having a group of books that parents can trust that they can say okay well i trust this author she shares similar values with me and i can get one of her books and not have to pre-read it don't have to make sure that it doesn't have some insidious messaging yeah 
That's, those are great tips, honestly. When I have kids, like, I think that is, like, so important. I mean, you want to know what your children has access to school-wise, like, being able to read those books so you know that it has your stamp of approval before your kid just starts reading these things. Mm-hmm. It's definitely so important. And so frogs needs floaties. Do you think that this is like going to be allowed in school systems? How, what is your approach on this? Well, because I'm publishing in a pseudonym, I need to, I'm self-publishing this one. Um, so I'm just doing it through Amazon. I don't think it will make its way into schools unless some miracle happens and it <laughs> just buys up some for the class. I don't see why it couldn't be in school because as I said, it's not explicitly about um, anything political, um, but there are the underlying themes there of thinking for yourself, um, not following groupthink just because everyone else seems to be okay with something. Um, and it's a message that I think kids really need to learn, especially right now, because they're being very encouraged to just trust the authority, the authorities are wrong, wear your mask, it doesn't matter if you are uncomfortable, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense, just do it. And I think kids need to learn to think about things and say, hey, maybe maybe the person in authority is actually wrong on this one. Yeah, definitely. Do you, What are your fears, like, publishing this book? Because, I mean, it is. it can be taken one way, but it also is closely related to the pandemic and COVID. So what are your fears when this releases? I'm not too concerned because I think that most of the people who buy the book will kind of have <laughs> a similar worldview on masking, a, a view that for children there are more harms than there are benefits. We know that this virus is very, very, very minimal risk to kids, and uh, many studies have shown that masking in school really has no correlation with the outbreak of the virus. So, I mean, just, I, I do believe that the people who buy the book will probably understand that. And if I get someone who doesn't realize that, then I don't know, even the worst they can really do is leave a bad review, and I've got pretty thick skin, so. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm really excited for your book to come out. I think that it is just, I mean, it's refreshing to see a book like this, especially in the children's publishing industry to have a book like this. It is just so refreshing. I am so excited that you're doing this. Um, And I'm definitely going to buy some of your books, give them to my niece and nephews (laughs) and stock up their shelves. But it is something that it is different, and this is the direction that we need to be headed, and we need to be protecting our children because children are the future, and we all preach to protect the children, and we all know that children are the future, but we really do need to protect our the future of America. So I think this is, like, the next step is, especially, like, in the school system, that's where it starts. We have to protect our kids, especially there, because that's where kids are Monday through Friday, most of their day. Mom and dad drop them off at school and go to work, and they don't know what's happening in between those four walls. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And I just want to say if anyone listening is a writer, an author, or wants to connect, um, you can find me on Twitter at, let's see, Ali Crenshaw 12, so A L L I E C R E N S H A W 12. I'm also on Instagram at Frogs Don't Floaties. And I'd love to just gather other like many people who are in the publishing industry. Um, I'd love to see a movement of more of these conservative books where we can support each other. And I'd love to write more 
I'd love to support other people who who write more and make this a, a big thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I will go ahead and tag you in the post too so you guys can find her handle and just like click on her. Um, and then when your book comes out, I will be sure to share that on my page so we can all go stock up on this book and support you. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and there is a link in the bio of both my Twitter and my Instagram. If you want to sign up for an email when the book releases, just like a direct link to Amazon to purchase it, you can sign up there. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Well, I will definitely go ahead and do that. Well, um, do you have anything else that you would like to tell our audience tonight? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for listening to this. I honestly could go on and on and on about just complaining about things, but I think that action is more important than rehashing everything that's gone wrong so um so yeah just thanks for listening to this everyone and i hope that you're able to kind of look for more conservative content that you can support even if it's not explicitly political just um just kind of support what you see that's trying to change the culture yeah, yeah. It's really that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I am so happy that we got to have this conversation. And Allie is out here making the change happen, even though that there is this problem in this world. She is out here being a way maker. And yes, there's a problem, but she's also creating a solution. She's heading in the right direction. So that is awesome. And I cannot praise you enough for that. So thank you so much. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this podcast. Yeah, thanks for talking to me. It was so fun to chat. Thank you. Bye. Bye.